podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor Podcast. My name is Scott and in this episode we're going to be looking at the top players to target in Game Week 34 on Sun Dream Team. We're going to start the episode with a quick team update to show you how my best team's getting on. And then we're going to add another new section in at the end for differentials and punts. Just because we're getting towards the end of the season now. And I'm going to try and find some little gems for you to help climb your rankings if you're struggling in your mini leagues. So we'll get started with the team updates. So I got 45 points for the game week this week. David De Gea got me zero. Akanji got me zero. Trent's been doing really well. Trent Alexander-Arnold got me eight points. And another blank for John Stone. So the City defence have been a little bit frustrating of late. Um, Bruno Fernandes got me zero against West Ham. Kevin De Bruyne had a really good week. So he had a double game week against Leeds and Madrid and came away with 11 points. Mares he got me seven. He got two assists. Phil Foden, just the three points for him. That was a little bit disappointing because he was a new transfer in to replace Bakayo Saka. But there's still a lot of games to play and he has got more fixtures than Saka over the course of the season. Mohamed Salah up front, he got me eight points. Harry Kane got me eight. And then a rare blank for Haaland in a double game week. So all, all round, not a terrible week. Uh, I did climb rank. So I went from 435th up to 385th now. Um, and I've still got four transfers remaining in this team. And I think I'm pretty well set up for the rest of this month. Got a lot of City, got a few Man United. The only players that play three fixtures in this team is Trent and Salah for Liverpool and Kane for Tottenham. But they are all performing pretty well, so I'm not in any rush to take them out. Like I said, one of the moves I did was Saka out for Foden, and there wasn't much gain there. Both got three points. I do think Foden will probably outscore Saka from now to the end of the season. I had planned to eventually take Mohamed Salah or Harry Kane out for Marcus Rashford because he has a double game week next week. But the news come out today that Rashford... Um, has picked up an injury and is a big doubt for the weekend. I'm not sure, quite sure how long this is going to be for, but it didn't sound good. So at the moment, I'm pretty set on keeping with Salah Kane and Haaland, and we're going to have to wait for a bit more news on Marcus Rashford. In my second best team, I've got 38 points for the game week. I've got Edison in goal, who blanked. Akanji again, who blanked. I had Diaz, Ake and Stones also. So Diaz got me free, Ake got me free, and Stones blanked. Nathan Aki, though, did pick up an injury against Leeds. It looked like a hamstring injury. Um, he only had just come back from injury as well. So he's likely going to have to be a transfer out. In midfield, I've got De Bruyne with 11, Mares with 7, and Grealish with 3. Mohamed Salah up front with 8, Alvarez up front with 3, and Haaland with no points. The transfers, I've made two transfers already in this team. I took Harry Kane out for Alvarez just to make it a little bit different to the other team and also because Alvarez has more fixtures. And then I did bring in Riyad Mahrez in place of Bruno Fernandes. Obviously, Mahrez and Alvarez got a combined 10 points. Bruno got none and Kane got eight. So I ended up about two points better off, not really much in it. Um, but Alvarez and Mahrez, I think, probably have a higher points potential over the course of the month. So I'm not too displeased with how this team's done. But with Ake being injured, probably going to have to be another transfer I use for this team. And the things I'm looking at for this one, because I have got the full Man City block, even though they aren't doing very well at the minute, um, I could either take Ake out for Kyle Walker and do a straight swap and keep my City block. Or the other option I'm looking at is maybe taking Ake out for Phil Foden. And that will give me a midfield of Foden, Mares, Grealish and De Bruyne, which is all of City's big hitters in midfield. And I'm just looking at that one and I think that's probably got a higher points potential. 
than if I just swapped Ake for Walker, especially as City are struggling for clean sheets at the minute. So that's where I'm at at this team. I'm probably going to make that one transfer this weekend once I see the lineups. I think with that move, it just looks a lot more likely that City are going to score a ton of goals than they are keep a clean sheet at the moment. Let me know in the comments below how you got on this game week, how your rank's doing at the minute, and if you're on course for any mini league prizes this season. Moving on to the fixtures, and we do this every episode. So we have the fixtures on ffstuff.co.uk. You can have a look at how many fixtures each team has left to play in a certain period of time and this is the may fixtures and so manchester city um, they have six fixtures they have the most fixtures out of any team so they've got six fixtures nailed on and then they have the potential for a seventh which is the champions league final if they get there west ham are down for four fixtures but they could potentially reach the europa league conference final to make it five man united have five brighton have five newcastle have four Chelsea have four, and then all of the other teams have just three fixtures left for the season. So what we're going to do is you can tick all the boxes on this FF Stuff website and just narrow it down to the teams that you're most interested in. And I'm going to narrow it down to the teams that I have think have the best players on Sun Dream Team. Um, so I'm going to narrow that down to Manchester City, Liverpool, Man United, Spurs, Arsenal, West Ham, Brighton and Newcastle. I'm going to go through these teams and show you the best players to target and any key talking points from them, really. Right, so kicking things off with Manchester City then. So they face Everton away this weekend. Then they face Real Madrid at home in that second leg. It was obviously 1-1 in the first leg. They played Leeds the game before that. Um, and that finished 2-1. Again, they couldn't quite keep a clean sheet. They keep just letting in that one goal. And the clean sheets just keep getting away. But hopefully, hopefully, we can start seeing some more clean sheets there. Their fixture run is Everton away. Real Madrid at home. Chelsea at home, Brighton away, they face Brentford at home, and then they have that FA Cup final against Manchester United. And then if they do get past Real Madrid, they'll have that second leg as I think the last game of the season on Sun Dream Team. Um, so we're going to start off by talking about Gundogan. So he had a really good game week. Um, he started both of the games, scored two goals, and then missed a penalty in that Leeds game. So could have had a hat-trick. A little bit annoying that Haaland gave up the ball to Gundogan. Um, because we would have liked the Haaland points, but I suppose it doesn't really matter because everyone pretty much has Haaland in their team. Uh, and then Gundogan got an assist in the Real Madrid game as well, so rounded off a really good week for him. Uh, let us know if you had Gundogan in your team. I didn't have him in any of my best teams, but the way I look at it for Gundogan, I wouldn't be particularly looking to bring him in unless you really needed a cheaper option in midfield. Um, looking at Gundogan's price at the minute... He's at 3.6 million, so significantly cheaper than a lot of the other Man City midfielders. You did want to fill out your midfield with Man City players and you couldn't quite afford all the best ones. He could be an option, but in my opinion, I would prefer the likes of Mares, Foden, Grealish and De Bruyne, in my opinion. Um, Mares, I'm going to come on to him. So he got two assists in that Leeds game and seven points. And he's been pretty good since he got that, um, that hat-trick. He has sort of upped his game a little bit. He had a... In a period where he wasn't really getting any points and if you did stick with him you were rewarded because he has been hitting the points recently so i think he's a good option going forward um and phil foden as well so he did just get the rating and the three points um he would have actually got an assist as well in that leeds game if gondwan had put the penalty away so that was a little bit frustrating as well but i do think all of these city midfielders are good options at the moment and with morris and foden they didn't get the Real Madrid game. The Real Madrid um, lineup you can see on the screen here, actually. But they went with Grealish and Bernardo Silva, which 
I think they'll probably do something similar again with Foden and Mares getting the quote easier game. So against Everton, we'll probably will see Foden and Mares, which could have good points potential. Uh, the only thing I did think about that Real Madrid game is I didn't think Bernardo Silva had a particularly good game. He is normally trusted for these big games, so maybe we'll see some some change in that second Real Madrid game with Bernardo Silva, but. All in all, I expect a fairly similar lineup. Something of note, there was the Ake injury. I mentioned that in my team updates. I think probably if you wanted to stick with Man City, Kyle Walker, straight swap really, bringing him in for a defender. Or if you did want to change your formation and then bring Ake in for a midfielder, I think that's a good option as well. One question mark I do have with City is, could Alvarez get that starting striker spot against Everton? Uh, Real Madrid, um, I've seen some rumours that Real Madrid will pretty much rest their entire team in La Liga, ready for that second leg. And I do wonder how extreme Pep might go with rotation. Obviously, they've got a lot more to play for in the Premier League compared to Real Madrid. Uh, it's pretty much sewed up for them. They're not going not gonna to win La Liga. So they can afford to rest players. Will Pep go as heavy? I'm not quite sure. But if Foden, uh, sorry, if Haaland is rested, maybe we'll see Alvarez play up front. But if Holland does play, I still expect to see Alvarez start in the team. So he could be a good option against Everton. Jack Grealish, I don't quite expect Grealish to play that Everton game. Um, there was a quote that came out after the Real Madrid game. Um, it was Jack Grealish on his battle with Carvajal. And he'd said, I never had cramp before, but I had cramp in both of my calves. I was so tired. So, well, first part, I can't believe that Jack Grealish has never had cramp before. Um, that seems unreal, to be fair. So I'm, I'm calling... I'm calling bullshit on that one. Um, but if he did really have cramp in those massive calves of his, I think probably he'll get a rest in that Everton game and we'll expect to see Mares and Foden starting in that one. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, I think he's a really, really good option. Um, and I think he'll probably start both of them. But yeah, he scored his 10th goal against Real Madrid um, and he's got 26 assists for the season. So he's just having an unreal season. Um, and yeah, I just think he's a must-have the end of the season i imagine most people have got him already but if you haven't what are you doing i'd get him in your team as i said i think walker could be a fairly good option again he, he was a bit quiet earlier on in the season but he has been trusted for these big games and now if ake is out injured akanji's the guy that seems to be playing in ake's position on that left hand side which is giving a lot more time to walker on that right hand side so he's a cheaper option in that uh in that man city defense and he's getting plenty of minutes at the minute Walker, he's just at 4 million at the minute, so a little bit cheaper than a lot of the others. Um, but one thing to consider when choosing City defenders at the minute, you've seen I've got quite a lot of them myself, but they're just not keeping as many clean sheets as they should be, really. Um, and I had a look back, and because they just keep conceding one goal each time, it seems like they're conceding one goal all of the time to ruin the clean sheet. And I had a look, the last time that they conceded more than one goal was 25 matches ago. Um, and they've had 10 clean sheets in that time. So, yeah, it just seems like they're not really giving up many chances. But when they do, they just always seem to concede that one goal, that one irritating goal that wipes your clean sheet. So very, very annoying. Uh, they have got three clean sheets in their last 10. Um, but in comparison, I was having a look and Man United have got five clean sheets in the last 10. So by no means have Man City been the best in terms of clean sheets. They're up there on all the stats for chances conceding. They're not conceding very many chances, but they keep letting them in. So big, big disappointment. I'm probably going to stick with them myself in defence, but it is one thing to be aware of. 
they just can't seem to keep clean sheets. Right, on to Manchester United then. So, yes, it's not looking good for them at the minute. Back-to-back -back losses, 1-0 loss against Brighton, 1-0 loss against Everton. And to make matters worse, I'd made these notes or made these slides a little bit earlier on yesterday. Um, but now I've had Rashford as my player to target. He had a double game week coming up. He's got Wolves at home in this game, which looked good. And then next week he has a double against Bournemouth and Chelsea. But now we've got the news that Marcus Rashford has picked up an injury. Um, and I bring it up on the screen here. So um, I think this was from the press conferences today. There are doubts, however, around the involvement of top scorer Marcus Rashford. And then the quote was, he has a problem, an injury on his leg. So he is a big question mark for tomorrow, said Ten Hag. But we are happy Rafa Varane is back. Rashford is doubtful, more than doubtful, so there's a big question mark. So really not looking good for Rashford and not looking good for Man United, to be honest with you. Um, so I just hope that no one, someone would have, but I just hope no one really went early and brought him in uh, before the Friday deadline because now you're going to have to use another transfer to take him out, it looks like. Um, best options for replacing him probably Salah probably Kane they do just have the free fixtures um, or if you're looking to take advantage of fixtures you have got Alvarez I quite like the look of both Isak and Wilson um, because they have a double game week this week but they're moving on to more punty territory more differential territory so we will come on to that later in the episode next person I'm going to mention is Bruno Fernandes so he got 6.9 rating against West Ham which was really unlucky um, but he's actually I had a look and he's had 40 ratings out of 54 games um, so I'm happy just to stick with Bruno for now um, there's two ways of looking at it with Rashford being out maybe Bruno gets less chances of assists or less attacking threat or he might just step up. If Rashford is out, he might start taking more shots. He might play more advanced. We're not sure what they might ask of him. But I think I'm going to stick with him for this Wolves home game. And then at least through that um, double game week of Bournemouth away and Chelsea at home, I think. Moving on to Man United defence. Um, like I said, they've got five clean sheets out of their last 10 games. And the fixtures do look pretty good on paper. Wolves at home, Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home, Fulham at home. And then, of course, they have that Man City game in the FA Cup final. So I don't think the fixtures look too bad. Um, and Varane is coming back as well. So that, that will help the defence out a little bit. Just a tough decision who to go for. I think Luke Shaw is still the best option in defence. It's just whether or not Luke Shaw carries on playing at centre-back, maybe with Varane. Um, or does Varane come in with Lindelof and Shaw goes back to left-back? And if he does do that, I think, I think I prefer him as an asset for assists. Maybe even the odd goal. Um, so I do think Shaw is probably the best option to target from the Man United defence. But if you have any of the Man United defenders at the minute, I wouldn't be in a rush to get them out. Um, fixtures are pretty good and they're keeping just as many clean sheets, if not more, than Manchester City. In terms of punts from Man United, I don't think any of them were worth going for, to be honest with you, if you're chasing. Uh, I think there's much better picks out there. Martial's not really been up to it. Veghorst, not up to it. Sancho and Anthony... They might have the odds the odd haul in there in the bag but they might have their odd haul in them but they're just too inconsistent Sancho and Anthony so I don't think I'm convinced by any of these um more punty picks from Man United so for me it's probably only Bruno at the minute and any of the defenders are okay before we go into West Ham if you are enjoying the video so far please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel to get kept up to date with all the latest Sun Dream Team content 
So West Ham United, back-to-back um, -back wins now. So 1-0 win against Man United and a 2-1 win against AZ Alkmaar. Um, ben Rama has had a really, really good week. So he's got back-to-back -back Star Man awards, 26 points and two goals. So a ridiculous week for him. 11 goals and five assists for the season. And actually, he's now overtaken Bowen on the overall um, points. He's one point behind Grealish, and he's only three points behind Matoma. So he's right up with there with some of these top-performing midfielders on the game. Um, they still have four games remaining, potentially five. So he's a decent pick for the rest of the season. And he's on penalties. So, yeah, it's looking pretty good for Benrahma as an option. Um, I did like Bowen. I've been tipping Bowen this whole time, but he has been a little bit disappointing. So his last five averages, just one point. He was a bit better this game week, got five points, um, he got one assist. Didn't get a rating in that Europa League conference game, which always seems to get away from him. Um, but other than that, for West Ham, I quite like Antonio as a pick. But that is in differential um, punty territory. I'm not going to be picking him myself. But if you are looking for a differential out there, he's doing pretty well. He's got 14 goals, five assists, and he's starting every game at the minute. He was not normally someone that I'd like on fantasy football, really, because it seemed like Antonio was always playing every other game. And I thought that was definitely going to be the case with Danny Ings coming in. But no, Antonio is starting every game and he's doing pretty well at the minute. So, yeah, a fully fit Antonio is rare, but it could be an OK punt. Those West Ham fixtures then for the rest of the season are Brentford away, AZ Alkmaar away. Leeds at home and then Leicester away last game of the season. And of course, if they do get past AZ Alkmaar in that second leg, they will have a Europa League conference final. Then on to Liverpool then. So back-to-back -back clean sheets for Liverpool, which is a big surprise. Their defence has been struggling this season, but back-to-back -back clean sheets is really, really strong from them. Um, Trent and Van Dijk are looking like pretty good options. Um, it's six wins in a row as well for um, for Liverpool and they are really hunting down that Champions League place. Man United are having a little bit of a wobble and Liverpool just look like they're going to win every game at the minute. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one goes. Eight matches unbe uh, unbeaten for Liverpool. And I'm going to start off with Salah as the best pick, the obvious pick. Um, he scored nine consecutive goals at Anfield and I think that I read that that was a record. Um, but there is just the one home game left, which is against Aston Villa. Um, I had put down that it makes sense to swap from Rashford, uh, sorry, from Salah to Rashford for Rashford's double, but that double doesn't look like it's ever going to arrive now for Marcus Rashford potentially. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against staying with Salah. I'm probably going to stick with Salah. Just he's on such good form and he doesn't seem to stop scoring at the minute. So I think Salah's a good pick. If it was a choice between Kane and Salah. They are both playing really well, but I just think that Liverpool look like scoring more goals and are in better form than Spurs. So I probably would choose Salah over Kane at this period. Then I mentioned him briefly, Virgil van Dijk. He wouldn't be my first Liverpool defender to choose. I would choose Trent. He's been in great form. He's getting a lot of attacking returns. Got another eight points this game week. So I'm probably going to hold Trent, I think, until the end of the season or at least until um, the cup final time where... The FA Cup finals come in, potentially European finals are coming. I think I'll keep with Trent then. And if I've got transfers left, maybe I'll take him out for like a City defender, for example. Um, but as a second option, you could go a bit more differential at this point and go for double Liverpool defence. It's a big risk. Again, I don't think I'll be doing it just in the positions that I'm in. Um, but I think if you do go for two Liverpool defenders, that is a real big differential. 
And the fixtures do look okay. Leicester away, Aston Villa at home, and then Southampton away do look like good games. So there's a lack of fixtures there, but they could be really good ones to target. They are the informed team. Then mentioned differentials. They have got Jota, they have got Nunes, they have got Diaz. All would be really, really big differentials. But just the free fixtures makes it quite off-putting for me. I think I'd rather go for an Isak or a Wilson um, with them having the double game week this weekend. And it's also the first game of the weekend with Newcastle. So you will be able to see who starts out of Isak and Wilson, whether they both start. So although I do think Jota might score quite a few points, I'm not so confident about Nunes and Diaz. But it's rotation there and there is only three games. So I think that puts you at a big disadvantage. So not for me. They might score a lot of points, but I won't be doing it. Then on to Brighton, who are just all over the place at the minute. So a 5-1 loss against Everton after a 1-0 win against Man United and a 6-0 win against Wolves. Um, so, yeah, just a bit up and down at the minute, Brighton. I think they really are struggling with the uh, fixture congestion and it just has been, seems like it's been a long season for them. So they've got a lot of fixtures still to come, actually. They've got Arsenal away, Newcastle away, Southampton at home, City at home and then Aston Villa away. Some really tough fixtures in there. Arsenal, Newcastle, City... Even Villa on the last game of the season is not going to be easy. So, yeah, I wouldn't be going near their defence. I had a look at their defensive stats, and they actually have kept three clean sheets out of their last five, which is pretty impressive. But I just can't see that carrying on with Arsenal, Newcastle, and City still to play. Um, injuries. Solly March has just picked up an injury, hamstring injury, and it looks like he, he's probably going to be done for the season. So that sort of narrows it down to really, in my opinion, Matoma and McAllister. Um, one's in form and one's not so much. So McAllister's in really good form. He's got back-to-back -back goals. He's got 12 goals for the season. Um, he's on penalties as well. And that's coming to be quite a helpful uh, addition for his points. Um, then Matoma on the other hand. So I still think Matoma is a really good pick. But he has been out of form. So he's got seven games without an official um, attacking return, goal or assist. The reason I say official is because I think he did get given one maybe on FPL. But I had a look on Dream Team and no goals or assists in seven games. Um, I think he still can deliver in this run though. So Arsenal, Newcastle, Southampton, Man City and Aston Villa. And specifically maybe the Arsenal and City games to be honest with you. I think that in a, in a game where teams do go at Brighton, I think there's good chances for him to get in behind and have good chances. So I still think having what five fixtures left to play i still think matoma is a really really good pick in my opinion i'd put him above McAllister, but again McAllister is a really good option to have as well then onto my team arsenal and things are looking a little bit more positive now after a 3-1 win against chelsea and a 2-0 win against newcastle uh, that newcastle result looked like it could have gone either way to be honest with you but i was pretty impressed with the uh the performance to be fair a uh, really really good result and yeah just a professional performance i'd I really was expecting us to drop points in that one. So, yeah, buzzing with the 2-0 win. Just three games remaining, though, for Arsenal. So, Brighton at home, Forest away, and Wolves at home. And that Brighton game, I was quite worried about that going into this run of games. But Brighton are a bit up and down at the minute. They've got March missing. Just seem to be struggling a little bit. So, I'm quite liking the look of that fixture. Especially for goals. I still think there's every chance we could concede. Our defence is a bit... Well, we kept a clean sheet in the last game, but our defence hasn't been great recently. And then Forest away, Wolves at home look like two really good fixtures to end on. So attacking-wise, 
although there's a lack of fixtures, I think these could be three really good fixtures if you are trying to play catch up with some points. A little bit of news that's come out is that, well, this is from David Ornstein. David Ornstein said that Zinchenko had been ruled out for the season and Saliba won't be playing again this season. But Arteta today did come out and say, nope, that wasn't true about Zinchenko. But he didn't really add anything else to the, uh, to the story. So I do think that that probably is true that we won't see Zinchenko again. And I think that's probably Arteta just not wanting to put it out there, not wanting to give the advantage to Brighton to know that they might be playing against Tierney, for example. So it's probably out the bag now, but I think Zinchenko probably is going to be out for the rest of the season and we'll probably be playing with Ben White, Kivior, Gabriel and Tierney as our back line for the rest of the season. If you did have Zinchenko and you were looking to move him out, I would probably point you towards Man City defence and uh, Manchester United defence. But if you did really want to stick with the Arsenal defence, um, Kivior's not in the back, uh, not in the game. Um, Gabriel, he is 3.5 million. Ben White is 4.4. So I think the best bet could be just to go to, with Tierney at 3.1 million to replace Zinchenko. He does play slightly different, but Tierney does have his own attacking threat. Overlaps a bit more than um, Zinchenko would. Zinchenko joins the middle. I did see when we played Tierney earlier in the season that Arteta did try and get him to join the middle and do the Zinchenko role. It didn't really suit him, so I think we might see Tierney go back to his overlapping role, which could mean he gets a few more assists. Um, I'm going to move on to midfielders and attackers because I think they're a lot more uh, appealing than defence of Arsenal. So Erdegaard is in ridiculous form. Um, his last five games, he's got three star man awards and five goals, which is crazy, really. Um, and he's on 15 goals and seven assists for the season. So he's having a really great time. A really good finish against Newcastle and then two goals against um, Chelsea that were basically identical. So, yeah, Odegaard's in really, really good form and probably nailed on to start all three of these games. So I think he's a really good pick. Um, ideally, I would have said go to Man City midfielders because they have more fixtures. Arsenal just have the three games. But if you're chasing in your mini leagues and or your rival has the full City midfield, Maybe just going for Erdegaard instead could be a differential that maybe helps you catch up. Um, he's 10% owned in the top 1k as well. So it is a bit of a differential there with Erdegaard. If you're playing safe, if you're me, I think I probably would stick with Man City midfielders. But yeah, if you're trying to do something a little bit different, maybe Erdegaard is the way to go. Um, and the same with strikers really. So again, if you're chasing someone in your mini leagues and they've got the template front three of Haaland, Salah, Kane, um, and you want to do something a bit different because you're not going to catch him by doing the same thing. Gabriel Jesus up front, um, he's got five goals in his last seven games since coming back. And Martinelli's got two goals and four assists in that same period of time as well. So Jesus and Martinelli, fairly good options. I still think that I would rather go for a Kane, Salah or Haaland. And they're more likely going to score. But if you are taking a risk, they're fairly, fairly good options there. Or you obviously have got... Isak and Wilson, who I keep mentioning as well. And speaking of Isak and Wilson, we'll go to Newcastle then, who have four games remaining. So one more than most of the teams. They have Leeds away, Brighton at home, Leicester at home, and Chelsea away. So not, not a bad run of fixtures, to be honest with you. Um, and they are scoring a lot of goals. Obviously, they didn't score against Arsenal, um, but three against Southampton, four against Everton, six against Tottenham. So yeah, they are fairly good attacking-wise, and it's 
gone full circle since the start of the season where they looked solid at the back, weren't scoring a ton of goals. Now they're putting a load of goals in. So I think Isak and Wilson are perfectly good picks for this double game week. Um, Leeds away and Brighton at home. Uh, got that added bit of motivation that they'll be playing against Big Sam as well in that Leeds game. So hopefully they can put a few goals in there. Talking of Isak and Wilson, I'm not sure whether or not they will start together in that first game. Um, they started together for the Arsenal game and it didn't really gel that well. Isak hit the post though in that game, so he was unlucky. Um, but we can see the lineups for this Newcastle team as it is the first kickoff on Saturday. So have a look at the kickoff and then make your decision. Or have a look at the lineup and then make your decision. In terms of clean sheets though, I think I would be staying away from Newcastle. Obviously, Trippier has been really, really good to own this season. He hasn't had a big return since game week 27 now, and they are struggling for clean sheets. So I wouldn't be looking to bring in any Newcastle defenders, in my opinion. And then last, Spurs with their three games. They have Aston Villa away, Brentford at home, and Leeds away. And where can I go but Harry Kane? 28 goals, 6 assists, and he's got 8 goals in his last 9 games. So he's still in ridiculous form, and I would have said the same thing. I would have been looking to maybe take Kane out for Rashford. But with Rashford being out injured, I'd just keep hold of Kane. If you've got Kane, keep hold of Kane. If you've got Salah, keep hold of Salah. Both of them are in really, really good form. And they're just two really, really great strikers. So Harry Kane, I would keep him in your team. And I wouldn't hesitate to take Rashford out if he's injured for Harry Kane. Um, something a bit more out there is that uh, Pedro Porro, uh, the new signing, got an assist and 10 points in the last game. It was a rare clean sheet for Spurs. I wouldn't feel that comfortable about it, but the fixtures are okay for looking for something a little bit different. Uh, 1-0 win against Crystal Palace, but it's not for me personally. Right, then on to some differentials and punts. So Isak, I'm going to start with him at 4.3 million. Four games remaining. He's got 10 goals, two assists. He's only 1.4% owned in the top 1K. Plays left wing or plays striker. I think he's a really, really good pick with this double game week coming up. And also Wilson as well. Um, I think Isak's probably going to get more minutes than Wilson across from now to the end of the season. But Wilson, a bit more explosive, I think. So he had back-to-back -back 18 pointers um, only a couple of weeks ago. So he's a really good option as well. And I'm interested to know who the penalty taker will be with both of them, both of them on the pitch. I did see a video. Um, it was it was in it was the Antonio and Wilson podcast. I don't know what, what the podcast is called that them two do, um, but they were talking about Gundogan getting the penalty of Haaland, and Wilson was just saying, "If that was me, I'm not giving him the ball. I don't care if someone's on a hat trick. I don't care who it is. I'm grabbing the ball and I'm taking the penalty." So, if that's anything to go by, Wilson might be the penalty taker when both are on the pitch, and I think he's a good option as well. So, 15 goals, four assists. Um, in the top 10k, he's only 0.4% uh, owned as well. So a bit more risky maybe than Isaac, but I think he's a bit more explosive. Then I've said quite a lot about Erdegaard. He's on ridiculous form, 4.8 million, 10% um, owned. I think he's a really, really good pick in midfield. If you're not, you want to go a bit different to that City midfield that we're seeing a lot of. Um, Gabriel Jesus at 5.9 million. Obviously, I mentioned him as well earlier in the video. I just think he's got haul potential with with Arsenal's games. I think there's potential that they do score um, quite a few goals in that run in. So, if Arsenal do score big, I think there's a good chance that he'd score some of the goals. Um, Ten goals and seven assists, though. I do think that's a little bit of a disappointing return over the course of the season. 
but he was missing with injury for a little while. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's a really good pick still. Then Matoma, uh, 4.5 million. He's got five games in this run. So out of most of these people we're going to highlight, he's got the most games, which I think makes him less risky. I don't think he's that much of a rotation risk. Um, with Solly March out as well, maybe that means that there's more chance that Matoma could get the Star Man Award. Um, and even less chance of rotation. I know they don't play on the same side, but if Solly March is out, that means one of the other guys does get more minutes on the other side. So I think Matoma is also a really good pick this month. Antonio, I mentioned him, um, four to five games, depending on West Ham, if they get through to the uh, final, 13 goals and five assists. He's only 1.5% owned in the top 1K. So again, he could be a really good pick and he's nailed as well. We thought it'd be a rotation risk really with Ings, but he just seems to be starting every single game. So Antonio's up there as a differential striker. Ben Rama, we've mentioned him as well. The same four to five games and potential for penalties as well. Um, and he's a midfielder slot, which I think the striker spots are pretty um, they're dangerous. If you do take a punt on a, on a striker, you could miss out on a Kane hat-trick, a Salah hat-trick, a Haaland hat-trick. So it's risky in terms of like opportunity cost. But if you go for a midfielder like a Ben Rama instead of a Grealish, for example, I don't think that's as risky. And it still could um, work out as quite a good differential. So Ben Rama at 3.8 million looks pretty good. McAllister, I'm going to mention him again. So obviously on penalties and Brighton have five games. Now this one, I'm not sure about this one to be fair. But hear me out. Madueke at Chelsea only 2.2 million now he's 0% owned apparently um and they have four games left so they have an extra game over some of the other teams obviously Chelsea have been sketchy they're not having a great time they did win the last game um but I thought Madueke was really impressive in that Arsenal game and he had another good game after that um 11 points from his last two and he's got one goal in his last two as well so I know it's a bit of an out there one. But only 2.2 million. I'm thinking as well, if you do have Rashford and you want to get to a, a Kane or a Salah and you don't have the budget, maybe you could just take a chance on him in your midfield, free up a bit of money, and then upgrade your, your Rashford to a Salah or Kane. I know it's an out there one. I know Chelsea have been pretty poor or very poor, but it could be an option. I'd be interested to know if anyone does actually do it. I'm not going to do it. Disclaimer again. I'm not going to go with many of these, potentially not any of these um, differentials or punts. It's if you're chasing in mini leagues or if you really are looking to take a few risks and try and climb, climb some places, that's what the differentials are for. So I won't be doing it, but it's caught my attention. That's all. Then on to someone a bit less risky, um, which is Son at 6.3 million. Um, so he hasn't had the best of seasons. Um, by his standards, it's been pretty poor, to be fair, but 14 goals and four assists. Now, although it hasn't really happened this season, we do know that Son is capable um, of scoring a ton of goals, getting a lot of assists, and he's explosive as well. So although he's out of form and it hasn't been a great season for him, we just know he's got previous potential for scoring big points. So I'm going to put Son up there anyway. Um, he's 12% owned overall, but I think a lot of that will be dead teams. Um, he's 0% owned in the top 1K. Then James Madison and Harvey Barnes. I'm going to go down to Leicester. Now, although Leicester have been really poor as well, 
They're down there fighting and they are still scoring goals in these games. Um, so I'm going to say Madison and Barnes. Madison's 5.8 million. He's got three games left. He's got 10 goals and nine assists. But they are putting up a fight. I know the, def the defence is really letting them down at the minute, but they are still scoring. Uh, Madison, he's on pens and free kicks. 0.7% um, owned in the top 1K. So he is a big, big differential. And he's expensive as well. For a team that's right down there at the bottom, 5.8 million just seems ridiculous. Um, Harvey Barnes is a bit cheaper at 4.5 million. Three games left for the season, 12 goals, three assists. Um, the only thing I would say about these guys is I had a look at their fixtures, Leicester, and it really isn't looking good. So their fixtures are Liverpool, or, uh, Liverpool at home, Newcastle away, and then West Ham at home. So it isn't looking good. The only hope you might have at that West Ham game is if they do get to the final. Maybe West Ham will rotate um, for that last one. But yeah, it really isn't looking good for Leicester. But maybe you could just milk their team for a few more points before they go down. Let us know if you like the look of any of these punts, if you'll be bringing any in. And if you think that I've missed any good differentials or punts, share the love of everyone, put them in the comments below, and hopefully they'll get you some points. That is everything for this episode, so thank you very much for watching. And apologies, this episode is going out a lot later than usual. I won't bore you to death with it, but I made some schoolboy errors and my initial recording of this episode got deleted. So this is my second time through. Um, so thank you very much for watching. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel uh, to get kept up to date with what's left of the Sun Dream Team season. Um, and then a bit of bonus content as well. Um, I'm going to be joining the guys from the Dream Team Tonic podcast this weekend after this weekend's fixtures. Um, so please do give the Dream Team Tonic a follow on YouTube, Twitter and all the other platforms. Follow their podcast. I'll be appearing on that one and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.